Okay, well, welcome to the Kids in the Hall podcast. The Kids in the Podcast. We're still deciding, deciding the only Kids in the Hall podcast is one name we were kicking around. Oh, uh, I was thinking Podcast in the Hall would be Podcast in the Hall. That's a great one, too. Uh, Jared, what did, you have one? You have a pitch? You know, I thought the name of it was decided. I, I thought it was the only Kids in the Hall podcast. That's It's just kind of a dumb joke that I like. Uh, a little but long. If you're, are you asking me to pitch a new one? It's a little long, right? <laughs> um, God. Po- uh Oh, man. Put me on the spot. Pods in the hall. That doesn't work. That is exactly what I just said, but you're moving fast. <laughs> I'd also like to pitch pods in the hall. Oh, okay. But that's, and that voice you heard pitching pods in the hall was Alex Estrada, uh, a right. writer for the upcoming Disney show that, uh, if you could remind me the name of that Disney show. Sure. That's uh, Hamster and Gretel on the Disney Channel. That's an amazing title. Talking of titles, Hamster and Gretel. I love it. <laughs> there we go. And a sketch writer in his own right. Uh, hey, look at that, his own right. Uh, because <laughs> I think it only works if it's written, if it's actually read or written out. <laughs> right, but we all right. everyone at home is thinking R I G H T right now. So yeah, they have no imagination. That's why. <laughs> but Alex, you uh, you also you, would you say you are a, a sketch comedy writer, or you used to be a sketch comedy writer? I don't. I don't think you ever stop. I think it's like uh, being Christian. You know, once you uh, <laughs> can't quit that. Jared actually wrote a, Jared wrote a, sh- a sketch show on this, actually. So that's right. okay. Well, Alex, when was the last time you wrote a sketch, and when was the last time you went to church? So let's see. So the last time I wrote a sketch had to have been in two thousand. I think in two thousand and twenty. I think over the pandemic, I wrote one or two. I don't necessarily know that they were for you know staging or or to be actually to be produced. I might have just made them like as a prank. Uh, or, or to be mean to somebody, because that's usually what I do. As a uh, prank. So, yeah, well, I, I, mean, I mean, like, you know, I'll just like, you know, I'll write a thing out and then I'll send it to somebody who's like, hey, I want you to be in a thing that I did. And then it's just full of insults at that person. Uh, so, <laughs> or just be like, oh, you know, like, yeah, this person pitched me idea. Let me write it out for them and then I'll do it. I've, I used to do like prank, like sketch applications and like that kind of thing. I would just do like bad versions of things and then submit them as if I really... Um, meant them to be taken seriously. You should submit uh, to impractical jokers. Yeah, gets, yeah, sort of like impractical jokers, right. exactly. Okay, well, not, I'm glad we not, like had yeah. this glimpse into Alex's sick mind, so we know exactly <laughs> what we're taking with us. That's right. My yeah, it, I guess you would call it non-consensual comedy. Is my. <laughs> <laughs> But all the comedy is the only thing that's non-consensual. Everything else is above board. Yeah. Oh man, very gross sounding. <laughs> Uh, but but sure, we, why not? We know you from writing. Right, I don't know if that's how we know you. That's probably how I know you is from writing sketches for UCB Theater on Mod Night on the House Sketch Night. Uh, I'll sign we, on to that, Nick. That that's how I know Alex. I have a sketch of Alex's that I think about often. Which mm-hmm. um, I hope this is your sketch because I'm about to describe someone. Oh, else. let's see it. Let's, it might be Nick's. We get to <laughs> I hope it's mine. A lot. It was <laughs> like a send up of Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, but about Caesar's Pizza. Oh yeah, <laughs> Little Caesars. Yeah, hot and ready pizza. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. that was a fun one. That was yeah. That was in a sketch show that I had running at uh, at UCB, and we also performed that in LA. Yeah, that that was a lot of fun. It was performed by Brittany Lee McDonald. And okay. yeah, I mean, I yeah, yeah, she's great. And uh, yeah, Dave, I mean, like that, that, um, that genre, I guess, is like very popular. Like somebody, uh, I think we posted a video one time and someone wrote, was like, oh, this is a lot like that uh, SNL sketch where it's uh, Alec Baldwin is like the head elf or something. And he's telling them <laughs> <laughs> always be yeah. present well, or something. Well, it's hard not to reduce. I mean, the other sketch that I think of a lot is the, the one of the uh, AC unit commercial. Oh, the, the Sears, uh, uh, yeah, the Sears air conditioning commercial. I have not seen uh, that one done professionally. Um, no, your so version that, is really good. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, based, it's based on uh, my life when my parents used to get into domestic disputes over the air conditioning. So... <laughs> <laughs> It's well, very Alex, personal are, to me. Are these are these on YouTube? Uh, some of them are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the uh, the branded content stuff has still not been uploaded, but um, I've done variations of them that are available online. If you go to any of, if you go go to, go to YouTube. We'll, we'll try and put, to put links uh, in the description. Alex, did you watch the kids and all growing up? With, you know, with, I, with... it's weird that I I did I did. So my my window into kids uh, K I T H was actually when I was around eight. Uh, in in the eighth or ninth grade, because what would happen is I would come home, 
Um, and I'd turn on the TV. And on Comedy Central, they would play the the reruns. And I... I don't know. At first, my like when I was a kid, when I was that age, I was very much into cartoons still. So I would love if there was a cartoon on, I would a hundred percent watch it before anything live action. And so I loved to pop into Comedy Central because every once in a while there would be a rerun of The Critic, uh, which I had really enjoyed. Um, Bob and Margaret, which was a Canadian series, oh, and I wasn't the thing Brit- is, I think it was British actually. Was it British? Yeah, oh, about for, the podiatrist. Yeah, for, uh, yeah, it's about yeah, that's right about a podiatrist. Uh, well, his wife is a chiropodist actually. Uh, and I forget exactly what he does. And I never laughed at anything that happened in it. But I was just, <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, well, it's a cartoon. And so, you know, it's it's funny. It's good to watch. Um, but every once in a while, I would catch a glimpse of uh, of kids in the hall. And so I would watch. And um, I don't know, there were like, there were some things that really stuck out, like, at that age. Um, like, the stuff that they did that was, uh, I guess you would say in drag is the best way to... Uh, to do it like they would they would play women a lot so i was like like oh that's sort of interesting and a little bit weird and then uh you know i'd catch other like sort of strange glimpses um the one that i remember specifically which is not in this episode am i allowed to talk about one that uh that strikes me specifically is that okay yeah please was a um i think it was the gospel called the gospel according to seuss and it was a the dr um, seuss bible yeah the dr seuss bible that's right one day, God said, this is what I will do. I'll send down my son, I'll send him to you. <laughs> to clear up this humpity bumpity hullabaloo. His name will be Christ and he'll never wear shoes. His pals will all call him the King of the Jews. And it was sort of a retelling of the story of Christ, um, you know, using all these Seussisms. And I just remember because I read it in, uh, in I think, in a religion class my sophomore year of high school. And I thought it was the most hilarious things. And I did not get a response. <laughs> I was like, oh, mm. so it's just like kids in the hall. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah, it's funny. But, I got to watch the show. Yeah, Nick yeah, is our resident a, expert. I, I, I feel especially now. Because how, how much of it have you watched, Alex? So I've, I've probably caught, I mean, like, I'm not sure how many seasons there are, but I've probably seen right. at least, like, 10 to 15 episodes. And there are definitely some individual sketches that I that have been sent to me or that I've come across. Right. That's how I but, usually encounter it. Yeah. Right, right. And, that, and that's usually my experience with sketch comedy. I would say that outside of, um, you know, SNL, Mad TV, like, you know, those big basics that we maybe grew up with, uh, sketch wasn't necessarily something that I was like seeking out uh, oh. growing up. So when it came to me, I, like I, I'd take it, I'd watch it, but like it's not where my interests were. Hmm. And look where you ended up. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't we uh, get into the recap? This episode was released on October first, October thirty first, nineteen eighty nine. Very spooky. Spooky yeah, so Halloween episode. Do you guys feel like this was a, a particularly spooky episode? No, not at all. Not it was at all, a very no. surreal episode, I think. I think they did a lot of weird experimental stuff in this. Number one of the charts in the U.S. Well, it was Roxette with uh, that great song, Listen to Your Heart. Wow. Oh. And uh, number one in the U.K. for the second week in a row. I'm sorry, number one in Canada for the second week in a row. Mixed Emotions by the Rolling Stones. Very different vibe. Wow, they're that big in Canada. That kind of surprises me. Yeah, I'm surprised too. All right, well, now we've set the scene. <laughs> yep, well, I'm glad we did that. <laughs> okay, let's open up this thing. Okay, so we started out with uh, 30 Helens, number one. The first 30 Helens sketch. 30 Helens agree. Love hurts! <laughs> He'll break your heart, honey. <laughs> Let me read you a passage from Bruce McCullough's biography about 30 Helens. Uh, before the kids and all got their sketch show, Bruce McCullough and Mark McKinney were, were brought in to, as writers to Saturday Night Live for one season. And uh, they did not do well there. People hated them and they hated working. <laughs> but uh, Bruce says in his autobiography, or his memoirs, I guess, I wrote a poem, I wrote a promo for the show, 30 Helens Agree. You know, archetypal, arch- archetypical, archetypal, 50 year old women. <laughs> Sorry, Jared, can you say that one for me? Archetypal. Archetypal, 50-year-old women, all named Helen. It would be 30 Helens in a field saying, SNL is better than we expected. The writers went crazy on me. First of all, how are they going to get 30 Helens in a field? Second, it had to be fast and funny, not slow and weird. 
better than expected. <laughs> they should say it's hilarious. And people don't know who these Helens are. They would have to be famous. Yes, but there are 30 of them. That ought to count for something. They just stared. In all seriousness, I asked, is it funnier if there are 40 of them? Okay, so I, I feel like I didn't give a good read to that. Uh, but anyway. I wonder how much of SNL. that is a true story or if they're just fucking around in the book. I mean, are they? you, you think they were actually saying these things to the writers? To, uh, to Bruce and, and Mark? It's, it sounds like the other writers just didn't like the sketch. They didn't think it was funny. Right. <laughs> yeah, they, they strike me as reliable narrators in, in this, the story of uh, their sketch group. I guess I, I believe it. I don't see what benefit it is to them to, to lie. <laughs> well, it's funny. The, the, the slow and weird descriptor uh, really rings true to me. I mean, in Cadave, you know, I know they're kind of using it as a self-deprecating thing, but I, I, I do think that that's what separates a lot of these bits for me is that they really, they feel uh, bold sometimes in what they're doing. I mean, the, the fact that they started this sketch i know i'm skipping slightly ahead but that they started the the show with this sketch with foley kind of with an iv talking about like how to create sketches <laughs> that just seemed like quite a, a decision <laughs> for your yeah. i guess like second official episode to start off like that and then also with the, with the helen sketch like i appreciate how out there they go even by sketch comedy standards um uh, i really like the helens i think the very I first one is kind of the most ambiguous one because you don't like zone in on different Helens and give them a funny line to say. So it's right. just kind of a weird opening, which has been true of all the other episodes we watch. <laughs> but, you know, as we go through them, like there are a lot of funny lines that I think the Helens got to share. Yeah, I liked how it started with this kind of, it kind of introduced you to the idea. If they just came back and did the same thing for the next, for the second time, the second and third time they brought the sketch back, uh, it would have been boring, but yeah, they really dug deep on the Helens and gave them gave some of them individual lines. Which was really funny, right? I I did love the weird turns in the in the second Helens. Uh, I guess the runner, um, the there was that um, that thing where he's oh I'm trying to remember her exact line, but they're talking. Oh yeah, honesty is the best policy. If a guy won't tell you where he lives, watch out. <laughs> or if he owns his own pool cue. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, just like a lot of like fun little bizarre lines. And so I was really, I've got, I got very much into the Helens. I think they were probably one of the highlights of the uh, episode for me. And I would say, Jared, you said that they were, they described themselves as slow and weird in a deprecating way. I, I don't think so. I think they kind of embrace that they are slow and weird, especially Bruce, uh, Bruce McCullough. That's kind of his whole thing. But yeah, yeah right. okay. So that's uh, to success, Jared. I chastise you for that. Uh, so let's well, I think we're to... basically saying the same thing, Nick. I mean, no reason for an official <laughs> chastising. Nope, that's one official it's chastising. On the record. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one demerit, I accept. Let's move on to this. This one is called uh, sketch comedy. The first thing that is needed for a comedy sketch is a premise. How about a what if premise? What if a man awoke one morning to discover his chest had been colonized by Spain? I claim this chest in the name of Spain. <laughs> yeah, that's all we need to see. Uh, <laughs> Great costume, man. I mean, yeah. fully detailed, really well made. I mean, kudos to the costume maker here. I mean, you're I, being I, serious, I, right? <laughs> I'm dead serious. Sorry. No, yeah. I didn't mean to, be, to come off sarcastic. Uh, hey, we'll no. get to that later. Coming off as sarcastic. <laughs> That's right. Um, I, I like this one. I, this is the kind of thing where I feel like if you, you're taking a sketch class or something and you bring this in, you would, speaking of chastised, you would just, <laughs> you would just be told to go home. Like it would, people, I, I feel like I understand why someone would hate seeing this or reading this. Um, but as just a normal kind of, person and comedy fan I, I i i loved it i liked certain lines i liked uh at one point i think uh someone the third character comes in i forget from what nation but they say scram spain shake a leg france <laughs> that really it made was, me laugh for some it reason it was uh it was russia russia was the, yes the, russia was the third one in yeah i mean it's like yeah for me it's like very much a primer on literally what happens uh in a uh in a sketch um, like the ingredients for it. So it was like, it's very, it's very dry. It's incredibly dry. Um, but it's, 
You know, it's also the kind of thing that, I don't know, I think if a 101 student came in with a, you know, what if a man's chest was colonized by, by these countries, like, there are directions you could go in it. That would you could write that sketch, but yeah. I don't know if you could write the sketch about that sketch, like they've right, done. Right, right, right. That, yeah, this, yeah, this is, very, well, that's the thing, too, because you, you mentioned that this was the sec, this is the second episode of the first season. Yes. And and so it's it's so weird and so narrowly specific, and I'm I'm just wondering like what the thinking was is like I you know I, I don't know what the, you know the marketing minds were behind this or like what the the pitch to the to the network was this on on CBC or what was the first um... so the the first season was a co production between the CBC in Canada and HBO in America. Mm, okay, HBO. <laughs> it's not so they, television. That's why right. it's. Uh... <laughs> so they kind of split the That's funding. True. That's how they were able to afford it. Basically, was by getting funding from CBC and HBO. And I should right. say, uh, it was canceled after the first season by HBO. So right. you're not wrong. But like, <laughs> it's not uh... television. <laughs> and there's something about this sketch that made me feel like they were talking to the haters or something. Like, because mm-hmm. a lot of their sketches are really weird and don't actually follow along the lines that they're setting up in this sketch. So it almost feels like they're criticizing the like banal. Uh, structure of most sketch comedy in a way yeah so I, right. when i when they were when he was breaking it down he was like next we need conflict and i actually thought like do you really need that like i feel like <laughs> if you brought in a sketch it was like what if someone's chest was colonized by a country i think they'd be like yeah if that's true what else is true not like we gotta get somebody in there to fight him right, <laughs> right. yeah i mean the conflict to me is you know i i guess they were just setting up the next beat but like if there's obviously con- conflict between the person getting his chest stabbed with flags, <laughs> like <laughs> the patient is in conflict with everybody else. I guess they're just not saying anything. Um, that was yeah, kind I, of an I, interesting choice to me. I guess it's all yeah. just like they're just, you know, want to zoom out and, and look at the idea more than actually execute the idea. But it was funny that Thompson is just lying there. Yeah. <laughs> basically doing and saying nothing. Which is an interesting choice. In the chest with flags. Yeah. Right. No, I, I guess I suppose like this is probably more more true of theater than sketch, because I guess with sketch, you need sort of a like what, like an, an escalation. The second beat is basically just like a uh, a bigger you know thing of this in theater. I think the you know, the idea of conflict is important because conflict drives the scene, drives the characters towards their right um, and normal narratives or whatever. Right. Right. I do, exactly. want, I do wonder if that kind of language of sketch comedy with uh, specifically like uh what else escalation is and yeah if mm-hmm. this is true what else is true uh if that kind of stuff was even codified at that point or, or if yeah oh that's right yeah. I, forget, I forgot the sketch congress of 1989 yes was there yeah yeah we, we've all been sort of you I mean i think we were all sort of raised in like maybe that same school you know that ucb game sort of approach and i guess it's you know sort of um UCB centric to say that that was sort of like, oh, they were just stating like, you know, what sketch is like the bare bones of it. And I guess, you know, depending on what your your training and background is, it really, you know, maybe there are several ways to sort of get to the same point or get to the same end, different philosophy. Yeah, Second City probably does talk about conflict, right? I mean, they probably do. And these guys are all trained. In, these guys are all trained by Second City. I so that makes sense. They, yeah. And it also might be like a more, you know, I mean, what Sketch is has evolved and become, yeah, more codified over the years. So maybe at the time, just the language of theater was more appropriate and common. Yeah. I, I also, I was wondering whether this Sketch was written by like somebody came in with this premise of the chest being colonized and everybody just shit on them saying that's a dumb idea. <laughs> <laughs> but let's write a sketch about how dumb that is. Or if it was them like purposely coming up with a, a really stupid idea to mock the idea of sketch comedy and maybe even like, and I'm just thinking about this now as I'm talking, maybe like kind of a dig at the uh, SNL writers that Bruce and, and, uh, and Mark were up against when they were over there. This does okay. seem to be a fairly consistent theme, Nick, and, and you'd know better than me, so correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like the motif of revenge against people they don't like is basically like the, the, the heart of most of their sketches. It's like, it's well, almost like they I think they viewed themselves as iconoclasts and as like punks going up against the system. Right. For sure. Well, right. I, we probably talked too long about this sketch. Let's move on to the next Ooh. one, which is, oh, another 30 Helens. 30 Helens agree. Honesty is the best policy. You cheat on your wife, really. Aren't you only cheating yourself? We kind of talked about this one already, that honesty is the best policy. Yeah, it's just more fun. It's like more fun exploration of villains. 
it's great. I love that they went back to it so quickly. Yeah. And I just love that they're in an empty field. I mean, I don't know if we gave that enough credit. I mean, like you said, Nick, you know, people complaining about the production of that. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic <laughs> to bring these people to this field. It's so funny just to look at it. They almost didn't even really need much dialogue. Like, it, that, it's, it's almost like that's enough of a premise, and you just hear the narration that these are 30 Helens or something. That, that could have been it for me. The only, the only thing that I'll point out is as a, you know, thinking about this like a producer, you're thinking like, all right, we got to bus in 30 women. Like, you know, six of them are principals. We got to pay them the principal. Right? Well, no, no, they all, well, they all, because I think they all say something at some point in time. And so depending on how the rules were written at that point, like you're fucking paying like that's right. You have 30 people for a principal thing. You have to feed them. You have to transport them to a field. You know, if if you're there, you know, if it takes a long time to corral them and get the lines that you want and the footage that you need, maybe you're running into golden time. Nightmare. Absolute nightmare. (laughs) But yeah, great. Silly sketch. I love it. Okay, so the next sketch we have is the return of Cabbage Head. Oh, boy. Maybe I'll just have a salad. Thanks. Why won't you let me forget that I have a cabbage for a head? I didn't mean it that way at all. I'm sorry. I guess I've just been touchy about things since birth. Well, why don't, why don't you guys go first, and then I'll and I'll retort any positive opinions. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I was gonna say so. Return. So this character was in the last episode. <laughs> so, so, so this is not actually, the first appearance. Oh my god! Yeah. He was actually in the pilot. So the, this is the really the third Kids in the Hall episode, basically, mm. because the pilot was an hour long HBO special. Second yeah, one featured... that was actually aired, though, right? Or, or, the, or the pilot was well, aired? The pilot, yeah, the pilot was aired on HBO. Oh, okay. It was a special. Oh, okay. like an HBO, I got you. Like a special. special. That's right. That's right. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so this is a, the return of Cabbage Head. Uh, and basically the same sketch as the first Cabbage Head. Somehow um, worse. <laughs> <laughs> Jared hates Cabbage Head, man, so much. It's funny. I hate Cabbage Head, guys. I hate Cabbage Head. I, I just feel like. He's revealing himself. I guess it's part of the character, but like he brings down the menu, waits for applause, <laughs> and then like receives this ambivalent smattering <laughs> of applause yeah. from the crowd. How, did anyone time the sketch? Uh, no, felt... I can time it right now, though. Yeah, please. Yeah, we have to watch the whole thing. We don't have to watch. I mean, you could just. You no, search. yeah, I'm just, I'm just gonna figure it out. Yeah. yeah so there you, was a yeah. point in the sketch where they have a violin player come in, and there was this genuine applause for the live violin playing that I found very amusing uh, <laughs> and probably got the biggest positive reaction of the sketch. The crowd is agreeing with me. I mean, this is not like something where I'm like, why is everyone laughing? Um, they're not. I do think that when he calls the violin guy to go away, it's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Would you get out of here? I'm trying to talk. <laughs> yes, yes. But that it's funny that the reaction to it, it seems to be like, oh, wow, that was nice. Like a guy came in and played violin. <laughs> Didn't seem to be laughing at any particular joke. So it's just under five minutes, probably about four minutes, 40 seconds. And uh, feels I, like eight. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have sex in the can or I mean, ladies room. Pardon my French. What, what what is happening in this? You know what I wrote as a note. I was just like, there are a lot of weird lines in this sketch that seem like they should be jokes, but they don't land. And I can't tell if it's like Bruce's like specific brand of delivery where he just is almost fucking up the jokes on purpose so that the timing is off. Like, doesn't it seem right? That way? It does seem that way. And that's right. kind of my question: is that is that like, are there just are we just trying to wade through? layers and layers of irony like is it oh yes i think definitely i think this is i think well yes i think it's it is well and that's the joke i don't know bad on purpose (laughs) well getting getting that context from the um from the biography where they discuss sort of their feelings towards snl like watching this felt like watching a a horrible recurring snl character like just one of those characters that comes on just like oh god like they're gonna right. they're gonna be here for forever. It's this person with this this. Th- it's like um, Mango try to think of a, a good example of like a bad SNL character sketch that would never die. And I think everyone's got their own opinions. But for me, for instance, uh, something like uh, Nick Burns, the company's computer guy, sure. like <laughs> it's, sort, it's sort of like in, in my mind, just like oh yeah, this is a character that like I can't remember anyone just like loving that they just always did. Uh, and that was sort of my feeling about this. It's like oh you know, it's Cabbage Head. Here we go. 
So you think um, they're making fun of that, and that's why it's right? So, Did you see so... it as a satire, or, or yeah? I mean, like that's that's the only way I could digest this is like <laughs> is understanding that like okay, so they're making fun of the thing that they hate by just doing a really good job of the thing they hate. See, that's my uh, thing. See, if, if that's what it is, they they don't succeed. It's... Right, right. Well, because they don't. Nobody knows that they're doing that. <laughs> like everyone's just watching the same bad sketch. I think thinking... that's. I think there's a degree of that. Just, I mm. mean, it's it's just such a dumb idea for a character, a guy with a cabbage for head. And I think that's kind of the ironic part. I I don't know if if they're really. I think they do think this is funny though. Like, oh, I, really? I think, yeah. <laughs> Okay, let me read you guys this well, passage. Well, of course from... they think it's funny, but why do they think it's funny? Right, well, let me right, read, right. read you a passage from the biography. It's just a paragraph about about this. Uh, this is this is from uh, one dumb guy. Uh, the kid, the, the kids in the biography. We pitched Cabbage Head. They hated it. Everyone did. <laughs> well, you, you're not... Okay, so obsessive male pride and what is now sometimes referred to as toxic male fragility were at the heart of McCullough's Cabbage Head character, who had gone through several incarnations since his first onstage appearance. Bruce had tried a similar character called Toaster Hands, as in, look at me, I have toasters for hands, says McDonald. But there were logistical problems with presenting that. It's funnier. To me, though, Cabbage <laughs> Head was about how people love to manipulate other people by exploiting their pity. So that's all. That, so that's, that's the thing, because I, I don't think we get that at all. Like, there's, there are a couple of lines where he talks about being sensitive about it from birth. Um, I, I think but, you get. I think you get more of that in the in the sketch from the pilot. Actually, now that I think okay, about it, a yeah. lot of it was, "Won't you have sex with me? I have a cabbage for a head." That was like the 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 game of the pilot sketch. This mm. was more just him being an asshole. Yeah, that's a, that's the thing. It just like for me, I was just like, "Are we going to discuss the cabbage head more?" But I, I guess maybe the way that they they approach this series is they thought like, "Well." Everyone's going to watch it in order. Nobody's going right. to come in midway through the season. And if well, they do, they're, they're not going to have questions about uh, this character. And Jared is right in that he did, like, basically hold for applause when he revealed that he was Cabbage Head. He was, like, That's why it has like, to be. They, you, they must have yeah. shot, you know what, they must have shot all of these at once. That must have been what happened. Like, they, they No, no, they, this, was, this was shot uh, a year after the pilot. Really? Oh, my God. Wow, a year. <laughs> That'd be so brutal to be in the audience where they did just all the cabbage head sketches. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in as a producer and thinking like, well, if we're gonna have this guy's gonna show up eight more times this season or whatever it is. Well, like, how, hey, how complicated just... is his outfit? He just slaps a cabbage on his head. It's not like he's in fake. It's, it's in the same setting. What are you gonna do? I mean, are you gonna tear down everything and then rebuild it the next week? It's not the same setting. The last time he was harassing oh women in an alley. So yeah. it's like right. every attempt I have to like understand why this sketch is done the way it does it's very weird i just want to say one thing before we move on immediately after that i wrote in my notes maybe comedy isn't supposed to make you laugh question mark (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that's a good review Um, and before we move on i do want to say there were a few lines in the sketch that did make me laugh so maybe i'm just (laughs) dumb and it does kind of it makes me think like i guess the sketch team is the is the sketch team that's going to give you helens and cabbage head like i feel like in a way there is no helens without cabbage head it's the same like area of your brain to me where it's like right? must do something bad like it's so weird and challenging like what a sketch should be that like sometimes it's just gonna suck and i guess that's just okay with that they are both bruce mccullough ideas so that's oh, interesting that's true hmm. okay well let's let's move on to tractor ladies and gentlemen If you'll turn your attention to center field, the children of the Farm Belt, inspired by the impact of technology on their lives, spontaneously and without rehearsal, salute the tractor. There they go, America's youngest and finest. Let's give them a big hand. So, and then they uh, act like a tractor. It was a very odd sketch. Very it's very, odd. I, don't, I don't even know if it counts as a sketch. It seems more <laughs> like a, uh, you know, a, just an interstitial. Nothing like that's. <laughs> I think the joke is like that they obviously rehearsed it by the hands of this man, right? Like Right. Well, even just the line, spontaneously and without rehearsal, makes me laugh very, very, very hard. I, I, I just think that. <laughs> yeah, I guess what Amaze said is correct. They he it that's the joke that it's so pre-planned and they're trying to make it not seem that way. And it right. yeah. but it's so I, weird because it, it was like so many of these sketches, it feels a little hat on a hat. It's like that's great. 
but then it's like also what they're doing is so strange like why tractor and then why unrehearsed and then why just this one guy and why these kids it just there's so many questions but for some reason i enjoyed this one it's yeah. it's, a, it's a it's a bunch of kids wearing like dressed up like a tractor wearing really bad car a cardboard tractor costumes well uh, no in their defense i think the costumes are actually pretty good uh, <laughs> i think they're like, like to me, yeah intentionally bad right i mean it, this is the, right. these are accurate costumes i agree right right i think i don't know i think for me i got hung up on the word impact and i think i was waiting because the thing because you know i think oh farm kids impacted by technology and i'm like oh is this going to be like sort of a luddite like a pro luddite like sketch that we're going to see pro luddite uh, you know just like just like something of, of that sort and so i'm just watching and then they get together and I think for me, because I didn't catch uh, this uh, or didn't hang on spontaneously and without rehearsal as much. And so for me, it was just like, oh, this is just like a weird. Um, just a show like, they planned. Yeah, yeah. Milo or some, uh, uh, something. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I, I was not like I was just like, all right, I guess this is just like a time filling like while well, they get ready for the next one. <laughs> Or something. <laughs> it's all live, right? The way they did this. They do. They do shoot it live, and they show these uh, while they're to the audience while they're taping. This seems like it would have. Uh, I'm not a producer, Alex, but this does. Speaking <laughs> as uh, someone who knows a producer, this seems like it would be a tough thing to shoot as well. Just corralling these kids and these costumes in this big stadium. I don't know. This one seems easy to me, Nick. I mean, it's. I think this is easier than the Helens, personally. You know, the... well, I'm no producer. <laughs> oh, that's clear. You're not a producer. I mean, what what do you think of the sketch of me? Uh, you know, I thought it was just one of the weird ones that it was enjoyable. I, there are a lot of sketches in these, especially the short ones. Where it's like, what the fuck was that? And either it works for you or it doesn't work for you. I mean, that one was fine for me. <laughs> yeah, it did, but, and it's good that they didn't extend it. Yeah. But uh, moving on to the next, the next sketch, sarcastic guy. This one was I, I thought was one that could have gone on longer. It seemed like it was just one beat, and it was I thought it was a very funny beat. Look, I don't think there's any need to be sarcastic. Oh, I'm not being sarcastic. <laughs> no. This is just a little speech impediment. I can't help it. I like that it was short because honestly, I don't think Dave Foley was good at being sarcastic. He only sounds sarcastic like 70% of the time in my opinion. I kind <laughs> of agree. I kind so of agree. Performance issues, performance issues. But also it's like, I mean, it, the joke, where is it going to go from here? You know, like, I don't think it needed to be any longer. It was good. That's a real That's good fair. point, Amay. A real good point. Is that supposed to be sarcasm? <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know. <laughs> See, I actually, I think this was one of one of my my favorites, and there there definitely was that thing of like, oh, I wanted maybe I want to see a bit more, but I guess like you know the juice was squeezed basically in in that first uh, interaction. Like the only thing you right. see is maybe him. You know, if this was staged or something, you, you would what you would see him interacting with like another person. I guess like maybe he would find someone who suffers from the same condition and we see like, you know, how does that go? That could have been interesting, but Or they talk you know. about something more serious or right, something. Right, right, right. Oh yeah. yeah. Maybe like uh someone has a heart attack and he's like, oh, I'm a doctor. <laughs> <Right>. I can <laughs> help. Let me or, help yeah. this guy. Yeah. You, yeah and I then can, God shows up. <laughs> oh, you're important. <laughs> maybe he tries to flirt with a woman and oh, yeah. he's like, Oh, I think you're beautiful. <laughs> I mean it could be literally anything. <laughs> Right, right. This is, I, this is such a great premise. I feel like they left so much meat on the table. Um, I do. I, I like that, like, Kevin McDonald just seems like he's going to be the weirdo in this for a long time, and then he isn't. I think that's, like, a fun reveal. <laughs> first minute of, like, first minute of the sketch is just Kevin McDonald just being this uh, weird, funny character, and then it's just, like, immediately Dave Foley becomes the weird character. <laughs> so here I am mingling. Curse mingling really isn't my game. I'm not really a mingler per se. I was actually in the corner alone mingling. <laughs> that, means, that means I'm not talking to anyone, actually. I saw you over here. I said, there's a guy by himself. Why don't I go over here? I'll mingle with this guy. This guy looks like a mingler. So, hi, I'm Derek. Pleased to meet you. Well, it certainly is a pleasure to meet you, Derek. Am I the only one who thinks that this premise is actually kind of played out? Like, I feel like I've seen a lot of versions of Oh, I can't tell if you're sarcastic or not. Right. That, that, I, I that think, feels like a well-trodden territory. I th yeah, I think I've, I've definitely seen that. I think there was actually a um, an SNL sketch, I think with Matthew Perry, where like it's the class on how to be sarcastic. Yes, yes I've seen that. that. One? Yes. 
And so I think, you know, to, to give them credit, like this came out in what, 89? So 30 Yeah, I mean, I guess this before. is early. I mean, yeah, 30. This came out 10 years before that Matthew Perry sketch. There's also an episode of The Simpsons where they do it that I remember. The sarcasm machine. Great voice, work, great voice work in that. <laughs> this aired before The Simpsons aired. Like, this aired by Qual Simpsons was still Tracy Ullman shorts. Well, you got an answer for everything, yeah. don't you, Nick? Everything, everything <laughs> happened after this, huh? Yeah, wow. He really is a producer. He knows. <laughs> No, I said, but, but but yeah, I, I'm not a producer. But uh, I, I I I guess I've seen. I I remember watching this as a kid and being blown away by it. So it, to me, yes, I've seen other versions of the sarcastic thing, but this one was the one that none this, of them to me, this blew you away as a child. Is that the point? Well, no, just to me, this is the the first one. I mean, maybe maybe it was something like this was done before that, but much I, like I, our I, podcast, the very first one. Anyway, let's move on to the next sketch. <laughs> If we want to. Uh... A is the resident pod director. Keeps uh, us moving along. Director producer. Tells us to shut up. <laughs> and it seems like every episode we have to talk about how problematic. I this know. Episode. I was like, oh, boy, yes, oh, here oh, we yeah. are. Buddy Cole. I like, honestly, it started and, and I was being like, here's the racism. They say that blacks are inferior because they like to dance and screw around. Excuse me? <laughs> I love to dance. And as far as I'm concerned, screwing is next to godliness. And I'm the smartest person I know. <laughs> it just comes up in every single... And I was also thinking, I don't remember any of this, and I don't know if it's because my brain erased it or what, or if on Comedy Central when they re-aired, they like edited things out like 10 years later. I, I remember seeing this when I was a kid. Oh, really? Okay, then my brain was whitewashed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody's paying attention to Comedy Central in the afternoons in 1998. They just, yeah. they could do whatever they wanted. Now, Nick, do you want to break this down line by line? Do you want to... Res <laughs> <laughs> yeah, say it fully. <laughs> Well, um, I, I mean, I guess what I would say is like back in the late 80s, early 90s, oh, ironic boy. racism was a thing that c comedians did a lot more than they do now. And it was more accepted. Nowadays, no one would. I, hopefully. I mean, hopefully. Oh, no. The kids and all are doing another sketch series for Amazon. Hopefully they don't keep doing stuff like this. But I, honestly, maybe they will because. Yeah. Well, it kind of seems like Scott Thompson's. Uh, kind of comedy right well it's funny because like so in watching i've seen this character we, we've seen this character a lot he's shown up in other properties as well and so right. i was very curious to know like oh does, is this character still like performed like what's the what's the deal oh yeah I, I i saw scott thompson do buddy a buddy cole stage show it was like an hour and a half long just a buddy cole monologues he may have even done this monologue it was it was some old monologues some new monologues um and just still the same like he didn't tone down the racism there was even some stuff that came across as transphobic. Um, and I think he just, this character just, he just uses it to push boundaries. Uh, not defending it, I'm just saying that's right, right. How yeah. He does it, it. And reading about the, the character and his response to criticism, uh, it seems like, like he's sort of tackling from the angle of like, well, no, he's actually speaking important truths in that he's like, you know, he's not saying <laughs> the things he's saying are not cool. That's what's funny. That's what's good about the character. Um, like I, I also saw that there was some criticism for, uh, how the character might portray, uh, stereotypes that have existed about gay men and their attitudes and, and everything else. And like, yeah, that's also supposed to be critical, but at, at a certain point, it's just like, I can't like every, like I, it was, it was very cringe, I guess. Like sure. the kids say that, right? Cringe, cringe is the word we use. Yeah. I mean, we're all Gen Z. So I think we're all Gen Z. We all understand that. Yeah. We we're all, all, we're all 16. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I did think while I was watching it that he kind of like is embodying what a lot of criticism white cis gay men get now, especially like the appropriating culture from black women. Like that right. is like mm. point that comes up all the time. And he basically admits it, but in a way where he's like, I am a black woman. It's just like, no, <laughs> oh my God. They say that every different group has their own language. For example, fags say things like girl and sister. And what's her problem? Another example, another example, foxy black mamas. They say things like girl and sister, and what's her problem? Makes you think. Yeah, I think partly what bothered me is, I mean, lots of things bother me about it, but, 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 but one central thing is that, like, 
it almost seemed like the whole premise of it was like check out these like really like discerning like cogent points i'm making about like these particular groups like see how right i am about this and it was almost like <laughs> that's what kind of struck me the wrong way if he if he if he kind of detached from it and was more kind of like just committing to oh i'm like an ignorant racist guy like you were saying nick like if if the if some of the things he was saying were totally ironic and that was what the joke was then it'd be a little it wouldn't be okay but it'd be better i think that he's making the joke that all these like racist things he's saying are disproven and actually white people do suck but the way it's being presented is kind of like creating more racism like it's not really doing what he thinks he's doing right right there yeah there definitely are parts of it where you do understand like the like oh you know this this attitude that he's expressing like he he clearly doesn't mean it like the in the context of the joke it's not meant to uh, to indicate this thing it's meant to sort of indicate that these are the attitudes that people have the problem is that that's like very inconsistent throughout and so sometimes it just feels like like oh he's just literally saying like harmful stuff um, yeah. with no, like, with no redeeming, um, point on it. Satire is very hard, guys. Look, come on. We've all been, <laughs> we've all been at UCB. You know, we've all had things. That, we've all had uh, monologues like this. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So now we have got more Helens with the shoes. This was love my it. favorite Helens. This was my nice favorite. palette cleanser. Mm-hmm. E- every line here really, I loved. Sensible shoes make sense. I spend a lot of time on my feet and these make it a lot easier. My God, your feet are what you walk on. 30 Helens agree. You can't pay too much for a good pair of shoes. Some cute old ladies. Is that okay to say? I think it's, I think it's okay. In this context, there's a group. It's fine. I'm okay with it. If it was one woman and you really kind of zoned in on it and talked about her looks, then maybe it'd be weird. But I think now that there's 30 of them. He did an entirely different thing than what he just did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. I'm going to break down 30 hypotheticals and let you know that they're all wrong. Yeah, I will say because this is the last of the Helens, I think. Um, I was hoping for some sort of, you know, fun thing at like the very end. You know, I know that... Uh, the post credit stinger was not uh, in play throughout the 1980s, most of 1990s television. It was not a thing you did. But I would have loved to have seen, seen the Helens like one more time or something. Like Even if we just went back to the field and we just had the camera on them, like waiting for them to do something or something like that. I think it would have been a fun um, fun way to wrap it up. It violates the rules of threes, of course. But, you know, it's just that's, you know, high level, you know, high concept, advanced okay. sketch. You'd love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all about breaking rules, you know. I mean, they could have thrown it, and I agree. And you feel, feel like these runners, it's like they tend to, yeah, there's three of them, <laughs> and they work, but rarely do they heighten or resolve, or at least right. the ones that I've seen so far. Um, well, let's move on to the final sketch, Women with a Y. Come on, are you in or out? Just give me a minute. Are you in Would or you out? Just give me a minute. Whoa, what's wrong with you? Having your period? <laughs> <laughs> well, what if I was, huh? Do you want to step outside? Hey. No. I just want to have a period, that's all. Just one a month, okay? Come on, guys. Why? Might help a guy organize his time. Yeah. Each month, I'd feel my body become fertile, and I'd say, no, I choose not to have a baby. Oh, rent's due. Yeah. I thought this was just a nice... Just a nice, pleasant... <laughs> unfunny scene. I, I, I like the group dynamic with the between. I like that all five of them were on stage. Just reminded me of the Reg scene in the pilot. Yeah. Uh, but I'm starting to say this, and I'm realizing this is about women. Uh, Amay, what did you think about? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! As the resident uh, poker player, we want your opinions on the sketch. I mean, I think definitely. You know what? It's funny because I do think definitely now it would be perceived as super transphobic, but I don't think that was on their minds at all. Like, I don't think they were thinking about trans women. I think they were just like thinking about, you know, having these aspects of experience that they are not accessible to them. So I don't know. I I thought some of this stuff was like very stupid and not that funny, <laughs> but it did make me laugh when like. Kevin McDonald says he wanted to have a baby, and they're like, "What would you want a baby for?" I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that's why people have kids. <laughs> right. And I, well, I think the setting too is also sort of important. You know, we were discussing, or they had discussed in the book how uh, Cabbage Head was. You know, the the intent of it was sort of to draw focus to what they now call toxic 
male fragility or what have you. And I think this is sort of, this gets like a little bit closer to that in terms of you're taking this sort of, um, you know, th this group dynamic in the setting, which, you know, I would say is traditionally associated with like, you know, guys getting together, locker room talk, like that kind of thing. And it subverts it a bit with, uh, with these discussions. Um, but I, I don't know, like for me, it was, you know, I, I, that stuff sort of did go in my head. It's like, oh, is this, is this making fun of women? Like, what's the, the idea behind it? But then eventually it, it does come up with like, you know, some sort of interesting insights and like reflections on that, on what it means to, uh, to be a man. Um, so yeah, so it was interesting. I wouldn't say it was, you know, gut busting. And then to me, it's an odd choice for a closer, but, uh, you know, that's the kids in the hall for you. Yeah. It seems like they, they made it a closer just cause most of them were in it. And that, cause that, that seems <laughs> all, to be all their of them move. Are in it, yeah. I was just going to say, they also like describe menopause as being awesome. I heard it's great. What? Yeah. I heard it's like taking ecstasy in a rocket ship ride all rolled into one. <laughs> Which made me laugh a lot because it's like. <laughs> you know, universally spoken of amongst women as horrible. <laughs> like, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that. Right. But part of the right. joke is also that they're clueless, too. You know, yeah. they talk about, like, oh, how these things work and that kind of thing. So maybe that plays in. I don't know. It just It's always a question of, like, how much research and reading do they expect the audience to do uh, outside of this? So no. who knows? <laughs> maybe, you know, like, yeah, some guys are watching because, yeah, they said that. And I was like, I don't I don't know that I've heard that. Maybe that's true. Maybe I don't know a lot about uh, menopause. I mean, guys, when you're like together, have you ever talked with other dudes about wanting to experience pregnancy? Like, does that come up? <laughs> you're being reflective. Had a couple of I mean, I've always been intrigued by that. Uh, what is that device that is supposed to kind of simulate cramps for a man to, to so they can know how it feels to have a period? Oh, the, yeah, I've seen thing? the TikToks of those. Yeah, it's like it's a, an electrical like sensation like uh, <laughs> thing or whatever. But basically, yeah, it's a uh, it sends electrical currents, which are supposed to mimic the pain of uh, of pregnancy. So that always. Yeah. intrigued me i always you want the pain I mean, well i've i've always wondered since the movie uh the schwarzenegger movie junior that's what made me think that, wow it seems pretty it'd be funny to have a baby right <laughs> so you I, do I, a comedy I, aspect right right as a prank exactly. you'd have a, baby as a joke as a, prank. It's a big stupid joke <laughs> right. you'd pitch one of your trademark pranks <laughs> exactly exactly what if i got you on a house team and got you pregnant <laughs> That was my first three years of dating in the community. I'm just kidding. I never got <laughs> anyone pregnant. <laughs> no, I never, no, I never dated in the community. Uh, I'm actually getting snipped. Uh, different podcast. Anyway. <laughs> wow. Wow. Why are you just going to drop that? No follow ups? Uh, I don't know. I, mean, like, I, don't, I don't think it does it need it. I don't... <laughs> no, not necessarily. <laughs> I, guess, I guess we all know why you're doing it. So you don't there have to use condoms anymore. Dave. There we go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Amaze read my blog. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you said that this was that you you found some of this sketch to be through a modern perspective it would be viewed as transphobic. I'm I'm now that you say that, I guess that's true. But but uh, it didn't even cross my mind while we we're watching it. Well, that's because I don't think they're really thinking about that. Right. Honestly. It couldn't have crossed any of their any audience or their minds. Right. I mean, it just. I mean, I think it could have. It, just, it wasn't like as much of a conversation. Like right. I think that they were thinking of like cis women and things that they associate with that experience from their perspective that's i think that's why it like doesn't seem like that's their intent but i think now if you presented the same sketch like contextually it would just mean a completely different thing it is interesting mm -hmm. to, to see when they choose to like be in drag and and kind of represent women that way and when they decide to just not and then talk about women you guys basically broke down the premise pretty well i mean it to me it the game was sort of just what like men say they want to be women <laughs> it seemed a little just too i wish they got a little bit more specific i wish they dug into one of these areas more like what if the menopause angle or the this angle or having a kid and just kind of stuck with that and heightened it i thought the best line in the sketch got zero laughs and i just didn't understand it i don't know if you guys maybe picked up on this but they were talking about uh you know, having a plant and raising the plant, you know, similar to a child. I'm nurturing. <laughs> I saw that rubber plant from college. You're kidding. That thing was like, like this big when you got it. That's right. And how big is it now? Six, two. Wow. <laughs> no laugh. I thought it was the funniest thing in the whole, to, to describe the height of a plant and, in, in, uh, brilliant. I really loved that. No, I, that's, I think that is the, the, my biggest laugh in this sketch too. Um, Thank you, Nick. Yeah, well, oh, you're welcome, Jared. 
You know what? I'll take away your demerit for that. All right. Break it even this episode. Well, wasn't the ending on this sketch totally... I, I, I didn't write down what it was, but I wrote down stupid, unrelated ending. Okay, everything's wild. Okay, play for great. the ante. What do you got? Uh, five aces. Five aces. Five aces. Five aces. I got nothing. What do you mean? You can't have nothing. I got nothing. Everything's wild. Well, I got nothing. <laughs> no, he's right. <laughs> He's got nothing. He's got what a hand. He was the worst Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Everything's wild. Everything's wild, it. right. Every, and everybody wins, and then the guy folds because he has he has nothing. And he's like, what are you talking about? And they pick up the story. He's like, oh, he literally has nothing. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I think if we had seen the cards and there was literally nothing on them, and then we had spooky music. Hey, there we go. That's that's a button. That's yes. a button. Um, God, where were we in that room? We could have really <laughs> punched this thing up. We got to go back in time and write this wrong. That's right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for for talking with us about Kids in the Hall, Alex. Of course. My Did pleasure. it bring thank up anything that you were like, oh, I must share this thought about Kids in the Hall or sketch comedy in general? Um, oh, well, no, the, it, it did bring up uh, an idea, a pitch for the title of this uh, of this podcast. Oh, that's I'm right. Gonna pitch, let's see how it goes. Um, I'm thinking Kith. K-I-T-H, and the girl. Like Keith and <laughs> okay. the girl, which is another podcast. Got it. Got it. So naming oh. it after another podcast. That's right. Because then you get people <laughs> who misspell. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate the manipulation of SEO. I think that is important. Maybe something like Google the podcast. We could think even bigger in this area. There we go. Uh, there we go. But now that you said Kith, it could be called Kith Me. Oh yeah, kiff me, kiff me, kiff me, me. Now you want to <laughs> podcast me? Right, right. I just, yeah, I just think we let's not get let's not get hung up on kids. Let's not get uh, hung up on hall. No, let's, I like this playing with kiff. I agree. There we go. Play with kiff. Play around. See how it goes. All right. Thank you, Alex. Yeah, of course. Anytime. Yeah, we'll be back next week with episode three. Talking about episode three. <laughs> Well, not Alex. The rest of us will be back. Alex is going away. We'll never hear from him again. Goodbye. That's right. <laughs>